Hi, and welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, streaming live from Queens, New York. We're so excited you joined us today. No matter where in the world you are, we want you to know that you're family. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Hey, hey, Journey family. Happy holidays. This is Isaac coming to you from Dallas, Texas. It is always great to be with you, even though it's online this time, but it's great to be with you and an honor to bring the word of God. Well, today we are continuing our series, Holidays, How to Experience a Stress-Free Christmas. Now, go on ahead. If you're feeling a little stressed right now or a little overwhelmed, go ahead and raise your hand. Or better yet, why don't you type in a thumbs up emoji? Yes, I see you. I'll see you. I know at times I've definitely been feeling this way. Um, But it's something that we're all experiencing in one way or another. Now, if you haven't watched the first two messages by Pastor Mike, I would encourage you to do so later. But today we're hitting on part three of the series. And what we are talking about is making room for what matters the most. Today, again, we are talking about making room for what matters the most. And in order to set the stage, we are going to be reading the original Chris story. So go ahead and get um, your Bible um, and turn to Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 7. If not, it's going to be on the screen, and it says the following. And the days, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Curnerus was governor of Syria, And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Let us pray. Father, we are just so grateful that we are able to gather and to hear your word this morning and this day, God. I pray, O Lord, that you would awaken our hearts, you would open our eyes, our hearts, and our ears to receive your good word, and Lord, be encouraged of the fact that you sent your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to be with us. We love you. We thank you. We commit this time to you, and in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Alrighty, guys, I have some good news and bad news. What would you like to hear first? Okay, let's go with the good news. Well, the good news is that there are 12 more days until Christmas. Woohoo! 12 more days. 12 more days until you can give an open presence. 12 more days until you can eat great and delicious food go on that much-needed vacation break, celebrate Christmas traditions, and be with loved ones. Yes, Christmas indeed is a special and magical time. Okay, so what's the bad news? Well, the bad news is that there are 12 more days until Christmas, meaning there are 12 days left before you have to shop, buy, and wrap all your gifts. 
12 more days left before you have to cook and clean, put up all your Christmas decorations, travel, and spend time with family. Yes, for many, Christmas is anything but merry. It is not the best time of the year. Rather, it is a holiday that brings a lot of frustration, anxiety, and even sadness. And let's be honest, the whole COVID situation is not, it's, it's not making things any easier. The Christmas season can be a stressful time. You know, as I was reflecting on the original Christmas story, I couldn't help but to think that Joseph and Mary, the soon-to-be parents of Jesus, knew a little something about stress. Consider this. They had not one, but two angelic visits. There was a complicated engagement centered around an unexpected and unusual pregnancy. And then, of course, there's the drama of being pregnant in a small village without being married. That's crazy. Then, when it was almost time to give birth, traveling 90 miles to Bethlehem for a government census. And when it was time to go into labor, they went in labor, or Mary went to labor in most likely a cave in the presence of barn animals. And also there was that whole thing about carrying the savior of the world. As we can see, this teenage couple was no stranger to stress. They had to rearrange and reorganize their whole life to make room for Jesus. Was it easy? Probably not. Did it take work? I would imagine so. But was it worth it? Yes. Why? Because Joseph and Mary knew and believed Jesus to be the Savior of the world, and it was Through him, that hope, comfort, and healing would come into this broken world. Or in other words, for Joseph and Mary, Jesus was worth it. They recognized the simple but profound truth that Jesus is what matters the most. That honoring, serving him, trusting him takes precedence over everything else in their lives. Therefore, they made the necessary sacrifices and adjustments to make room for Jesus and their lives were never the same again. Since that glorious day over 2,000 years ago, there are certain things that have changed, but this truth remains the same. Jesus is what matters the most. So let's get practical. In the midst of stressful and hard times, how can we live by this truth? How can we remember that Jesus is what matters the most? Well, a great starting point is by making room for Jesus in our day today. And as we close today, I want to give you three practical ways that we can do this throughout the Christmas season and as we head into 2021. The first one is this, trust in God's word. Again, the first way, 
trust in God's word. The original Christmas story of all places begins in a small village called Nazareth. It was there Gabriel, an angel of the Lord, makes a visit to an unexpected young lady named Mary with news that would forever change her life. God had chosen her to carry his son. And upon receiving the news, Mary asked a very appropriate question. I'm a virgin. How is this even possible? To which Gabriel replied, the Holy Spirit would help you. To which Mary responded by saying, wow, that's great news. But I don't think I want to do this, but thanks for visiting. No, 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 no. Just seeing if you were paying attention, Mary did not respond like that. In humble reverence, Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be as you have said. In other words, Mary said, yes, I will follow. I will trust. You see, even though Mary didn't understand anything, she submitted her life to God. She trusted in God's word. Now, today, it would be pretty cool if an angel came and visited us, I mean, from time to time. But the thing is, we have something better. We have the Bible, the very words of God. And through these words, God reveals his, per- his perfect purpose and will. He guides us and instructs us how we can live the most satisfying and complete life. And ultimately, God shows us just how much he loves us the work and person of his son, Jesus Christ. In fact, this is what the Bible is all about. It's about Jesus. Therefore, since God is the author, we can be confident that the Bible is perfect and completely trustworthy. So what does this mean on our day to day? Well, it means that we can trust everything that is written in the Bible. We can trust everything that is written in the word of God. For instance, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Jesus offers this invitation. It says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Raise your hand if you're a little tired, maybe a little burdened, maybe a little overwhelmed. Well, Jesus gives us the solution. He invites us. And by the way, this invitation is always on the table. But he says, come to me and you will find rest. Come to me. Come in relationship to me because it is only in relationship to me that you will find true rest. And how about this? Another gem, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You see, when we read these verses, when we read these words, not only can we feel comforted and encouraged, but we can believe and trust with all of our hearts that it is true, knowing that it is God's word to us. The first way that we can make room for Jesus in our day to day is by trusting in God's word. The second is this, trust in God's plan. Again, second is trust in God's plan. What do you do when your whole world turns upside down? 
when you receive earth-shattering news, when it seems like everything around you is falling apart. Some of you right now are feeling that way. These are the questions that are circulating in your mind. In fact, Joseph had these questions as well. Joseph had to face these questions when Mary, the woman that he loved, came to him with breaking news that she was pregnant and that it was not from him. Yet how did he respond? Did he walk away? Did he throw Mary under the bus? No, he stayed with her. And in doing so, Joseph showed that he trusted in God's plan, even in the midst of hard and difficult situations. Can I let you in on a little secret? It's a pretty good secret. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for your family. He has a plan for your finances. He has a plan for your education. He has a plan for your future. And yes, at times, it might not make sense. In fact, at times, it may seem that God is against you. But he's not. The fact is God is at work. Even if you might not feel it, God is at work in your everyday, shaping and molding you to be more and more like his son, Jesus Christ. How do we know? Because God is good and perfect in all of his ways. He loves you and only wants what is best for you. Again, I want to say that again. God loves you and only wants what is best for you. Romans 8:28 sums it up beautifully. Paul, the Apostle Paul says this, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. As Joseph and Mary did, we can trust God's plan for our lives, knowing that he is good and perfect. He loves us and only wants what is best for us. Last but not least, number three, trust in God's promise. Again, trust in God's promise. So after Joseph and Mary made their way to Bethlehem, remember 90 miles, they made their way to Bethlehem. And before, remember, they didn't have a car, they didn't have a plane, but most likely Mary was on a donkey and Joseph was walking. So they made 90 miles. And once they reached Bethlehem, check out what happens in verse 7. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. This was the moment, the moment all of history was waiting for, the moment where nothing would ever be the same again, the moment that God's promise that he made way back in Genesis 3 at the Garden of Eden would be fulfilled for Jesus the Savior of the world was here. Jesus, the Savior of the world, had come. And as the Savior of the world, Jesus lived the perfect life of obedience that he could only live. He died the death that we all deserve to die. And three glorious days later, he rose from the grave, showing that sin, death, and evil 
have no power over them. This is the gospel. This is the good news of Jesus Christ, that life is not about us, but about him. As a result, all those who put their faith and trust in him have a future hope. What is this hope? The hope is this. It is hope in knowing that this fallen and broken world that is getting worse and worse with each day that passes is not our home. This is not where things end for us. Our citizenship is in heaven where we will live with God in perfect harmony and perfect peace, worshiping and praising Him all of our days. This is God's promise to us. This is not our home. Our citizenship is in heaven. In Revelation 21, 3-5, we get a little picture of this. The author reads this, says this, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things have passed away. As believers in Jesus Christ, this is our blessed hope. This is a hope that we can look forward to. How can we make Jesus in our room? How can we make room for Jesus in our day to day? It's by trusting in God's word, trusting in God's plan, trusting in God's future promise. 12 days. We have exactly 12 days before Christmas. And as we saw earlier, there is some good and some bad that comes with it, much like everything else in this world. But in the midst of everything that is happening, we mustn't lose fat of what Christmas is all about. It's all about Jesus. It's all about him coming into this world and saving us. Because 2,000 years ago, in the town of Bethlehem, Jesus, the Savior of the world, was born. May we rest and may we rejoice over this throughout the Christmas season and remember, always remember, that Jesus is what matters the most. Blessings, let us pray. Father, we come before you and we thank you that you are a good Father that you loved us so much that you sent your one and only son, Jesus Christ, to save us, to save us from our sins. During this holiday season, in the midst of everything that is happening, may we not lose sight of this. May we make room for Jesus in our day-to-day, trusting in his word, trusting in your plan, trusting in your future promise, O God, knowing that you are good and perfect in all of your ways. Lord, we love you, we thank you, we commit our lives to you, and in Jesus' name we pray, amen.